Okay, welcome back, Harvey. Uh, we have Harvey Cronberg with Quorum Report with us once again um, as we dive into more of these uh, issues that impact Texas politics, uh, both on the legislative side of things. And we started talking um, about how uh, our state uh, elections might be impacted by not just the issues that are before the legislature right now and how that, but also uh, we want to talk a little bit about how the um, how the presidential race could impact Texas politics. Um, they obviously work together, and for for those again, for listeners and viewers that don't understand the or don't not don't understand, excuse me, I don't mean to say it like that, but haven't uh, don't uh, know this process the way we have to follow it. I guess I should say is that that way. Um, the most important, and I think. Harvey, you've mentioned this before, the most important race for either party is their primary. And, you know, I think most people look at the general election as the election they vote in. And but when it comes to the party's nominee for that particular general election, it's determined in the primary. And that's where all the real money is spent. Um, And so um, if if people wonder why you get the candidates you get, it's because the people who will vote in a Republican primary are going to be um, the, the people that support everything or, or for most most things that are on the platform for that particular party. So you can get the most uh, conservative and the most progressive candidates is what you end up with. And then they have to run for a general and try to move to the middle and get the independents. Man, when people look at our congressional and legislative delegations uh, and they roll their eyes, it's because there is no reward for being in the center, right. which is frankly where most people That's are. That's where most people are. If you were to ask most voters um, you know, a question and then with a follow-up question, you'd find out they're center right on some issues, center left on other issues, but center is the first word. And um, But the primaries, they're, you're punished for being in the center. So the mission for candidates in a general, a potentially competitive general election is you play to the extremes in order to win your primary. And then you have to crawl back to the center for the general election, because some of those positions that you took to satisfy your primary voters are not palatable to general election voters. And, uh, it's, um, it's a a bizarre kind of process, but, uh, uh, if you look at, because of the success of gerrymandering, if you look at, um, uh, the Texas House or the U.S. Congressional Delegation. We're a state of 31 million people. We might have uh, 10 million people, 12 million people vote in a presidential election, but typically we'll only have 1.5 to 2 million people vote in the Republican primary because the system is essentially rigged to to maintain Republican control. And that's not partisan. In, in Democratic states, it's same the thing. same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah. Um, but because it's essentially rigged for, for Republicans, uh, the, uh, the, uh, they, they frequently lose sight of the fact that there is a uh, uh, general election, particularly in a presidential year, that might be consequential. And what they did when I uh, in our last session, I mentioned that um, that uh, in 2008, when uh, President Obama brought all these new voters, the House went uh, for over 76 Republicans, 74 Democrats. Um, there's that kind of possibility for seismic shifts in a general election. When that happened in 2008, the 2009 session, uh, the culture war issues faded into the background, and real governance issues. 
the, the Republicans were suddenly looking over their shoulder saying, wow, the Democrats showed some signs of life. And so they had to accommodate that. In the, two, the next election, the anti-Obama wave swept away and gave the Republicans a supermajority, which emboldened them to pursue some of the most extreme elements, uh, ideas uh, in their platform. Yeah. Um, we're, it looks like we're going to have an election where Donald Trump will be facing off uh, against President Biden. Uh, there, there, we'll get to some of the issues, obviously, but there are issues that are going to drive turnout that could have uh, surprise consequences in both con- Congress and, and the legislature. Yeah, you were saying, um, you know, we're, we're even going to see, I think you mentioned in the, the last time we talked that, that there, uh, or maybe we just were talking about it, but there might be a real uh, competitive uh, race for Ted Cruz's seat. Yes. And talk about that. I, 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 you know, I, I've been reading a lot about it. You know, I haven't literally been following it every day, but I've been reading a lot about it. And I'm, I'd like to know why you think that's a, that it's calling all red, right? Right. Well, and, and there's a, a, a state senator who's also looking at it named Roland Gutierrez, represents Uvalde and is very, very passionate on the issue and, and has become kind of the face of Gun control, right. some modest forms of so, gun control. So that is the race he's looking at, because I, I, the, the last time I read about him wanting to run for Congress, there wasn't an indication as to which race he was going uh, to jump in on. Well, uh, uh, yes, uh, yes. There, there are <laughs> folks out there that want him to be the uh, make it a referendum on guns, uh, mm. which is essentially what it would be. And there are issues. Uh, African-Americans don't typically vote for Latinos. Latinos don't typically vote for African-Americans. That's the Democratic coalition. But if you, um, uh, uh, in presidential years, the turnout will be much higher and that changes uh, changes the math, potential math pretty dramatically. So in the Colin Allred is a three-term congressional um, a congressman. He's from uh, the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a football star at Baylor. He was a uh, played for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, he's articulate. And I think that I've, I've had several interviews with national media where they say, well, is there any reason to, for Democrats to even pay attention to Texas? And I said, you're drawing the wrong lesson. Beto O'Rourke was a terrible candidate who refused had $60 million and refused to go on television, refused to attack his opponents. And frankly, the bottom line is there's 15% of voters out there that call themselves independent. They typically break Republican, but they're not locked in stone. Beto and uh, O'Rourke and and Greg Abbott this last time were both over 50% disapproval in that population. Uh, We knew what uh, Abbott's political consultant's playbook was, and that was to do saturation bombing on electric media, radios. I even, I look at a stock sheet and uh, on online and uh, one day I'm looking at it and a little embedded video uh, ad for uh, <laughs> Greg Abbott pops up saying Beto O'Rourke is going to raise your taxes or something to that effect. Oh, they hit so it, all. it was everywhere. It was yeah. very sophisticated and, and the fact that Bethos had $60 million and did not get past the, Repu- the Democratic base vote of about 40 percent is not because there weren't Democrats out there. It was because uh, he did not spend the money attacking uh, his opponent. I mean, incumbents don't get beat, they get fired. And um, uh, there was plenty of material to go after Greg Abbott. 
Instead, he decided he was going to put the money in to get out the vote, which, uh, frankly, is just a consultant enrichment program. Yeah. Money kind of disappears and get yes, out the vote efforts. Yeah. So uh, very, very bad choices. And so my mes- message essentially to uh, the national media that I've talked to has been that uh, uh, don't draw any conclusions from Beto O'Rourke. And I, I, I have, I'll admit, I have not yet met all read. Uh, that's my mission after sign or die. Mm-hmm. Sit down and uh, start to get to know him. But what I do know about him is if he, uh, the Democrats believe he can raise the 50 to 60 million uh, to be competitive with Cruz. Uh, remember, incumbents don't get beat, they get fired. And Cruz remains the most unpopular outside of the Republican primary in Texas. And even then, well, the best metaphor was Dan Patrick got a standing ovation at the state Republican convention. Cruz, they just cheered a couple of times and politely applauded. <laughs> Slow clap. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and and uh, as one of his uh, Senate colleagues said, he could have been, uh, somebody could have knifed him on the floor of the Senate and nobody would turn, would report it. So <laughs> he's, he's calmed down a little bit. Uh, his rhetoric is not, uh, he's not the camera hog that he once was. Yeah. The kind of voter that's going to get turned out in this election, I think the, at least Based on what we know today, Allred is a pretty uh, exciting candidate, and and potentially if Gutierrez could raise the money, he might be. But I don't think he can raise the kind of money yeah, that uh, Allred can. I, I kind of agree with that. I I, I think um, I will say this: a sidebar. Um, we're taking the state house mobile uh, this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a, a mobile uh, podcast studio that uh, will be going out and meeting with individual members and. I would invite you to come with me and we'll go, let's go talk to Colin Allred. Let's get to know him. I don't, I don't know him either. Right. I, I haven't spent any time with, with him and I, I'd, I'd like to know a little bit more about him. Well known in his congressional district, but not yet statewide. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So he has a good following. But anyway, um, yeah, we'll, more, more on that later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a, a, a a, you know, a joint venture of state house and quorum report. We'll there, we go. there we go. We'll put you on the side of the bus. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll probably have Trumpsters following us then. Oh, we uh, probably will. Yeah. yeah I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how this is going to roll out. Right. But um, so uh, how do you see, you know, I, I, I agree with, 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 with the premise that it's going to be, uh, you know, unless something dramatic happens. And I think all this, you know, legal stuff is going on between both on the Biden side, on the Trump side. I I think to their base voters means nothing. Correct. So I think you still get a, another round of uh, Trump Biden, which um, is going to be one of the most chaotic, crazy races. I think we're going to ever see. I just, there's, there's, I have no way of even handicapping Mm -hmm. how that's going to look because it's going to be awful. (laughs) But I mean, awful for people and, you know, for you and I, it's, it's well, at least material. one of those two candidates <laughs> operates in a factory environment. So, uh, <laughs> and then one just doesn't show up. Right. <laughs> so how do you deal with that? Uh, the Republicans are essentially going to be running against Kamala Harris, um, because of Biden's age, although That's Trump just, is a, not, not a youngster by comparison. No, so, no, I have so much. So, so as that, as that's brewing, um, the issues, you know, who knows what the major issues are going to are going to be? We know generally, but how do you think that's going to impact Texas voters and how they look at at who they want to vote for? Enough presidential. I mean, we have a lot of Trump supporters. We also have a lot of people that that uh, you know. I can say I've talked to a lot of Republican voters that, that, and these are older 
folks, right? These are people that are not young voters, but they're older voters, and they're kind of like, I'm just not going to vote. And I always tell people when they tell me that they're just not going to vote, I say, well, you not voting is basically a vote for the other person. It's not a one-on-one, but if enough of you don't vote and the other person brings out their voters, they're likely to win. Right. So just think about that before you don't vote <laughs> <laughs> on either side, right? And I so, think we're going to have some pretty engaged constituencies this time. But, yeah. um, and uh, the issues kind of override the personalities. Uh, to go back to Beto for a quick moment, um, he ended up losing by, what, 10 or 12 points, if I remember correctly. Yeah, big. Uh, after spending $60 million in, uh, incorrectly. The um, uh, thing to remember, though, is that... Um, uh, there were two groups, Mothers Against Greg Abbott, and yep. it could have been worse LLC. Both of them ran very hard-hitting ads on abortion um, and um, and guns. And um, during the – they were attacking Greg Abbott. During that period, they uh, – the race – the Abbott people will privately tell you that the race shrank to four or five points. Um, so it showed the effectiveness of attacking an opponent. Um, all red is Abeto didn't do it uh, for whatever no. his reasons. Uh, he didn't make the case for firing Abbott in the media that mattered. Um, uh, but it shows well, he actually got on. He actually did an ad where he said, "I don't think Abbott's a bad guy." Right? I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this I mean, is Texas if for God's sake. If you're yeah, if you're running against somebody, of course they're gonna. You have to say they're a bad bad right, person. Right. But anyway, go ahead. I'm well, uh, the. I guess when everything when everything is said and done, that um, um, if they could get within four to five points, ultimately these two groups uh, they were viral, they were self financed. Yeah. Uh, Mothers Against Greg Abbott, in particular, was living off a hundred thousand dollar contributions, and this started with seven women around a kitchen table, uh, and and mm. they didn't care about Beto; they wanted uh, Abbott, the original founder. They just wanted Abbott out. out. Yeah, their their constituency exploded and. Many enough of them ended up support wanted Beto that they ended up endorsing Beto. But at the beginning, it was always about Abbott. They kept the focus on Abbott. So we have a template for what a competitive election can look like. Um, uh, they when they ran out of money, the uh, and uh, the Abbott ads continued uh, attacking uh, the gap widened up again. Now, I don't know how people would have voted on election day when they got in the, in the yeah. polling booth. Uh, polls are just a snapshot. Um, but the, the uh, Abbott people were polling every day, um, and um, uh, they were they were concerned uh, if Beto had had gone on the attack. Uh, I told him two weeks before early voting that uh, he had already lost the election, and uh, because he had essentially gone dark, wanting run one really kind of squishy ad. It's unfortunate that's the nature of American politics and Texas politics, but yeah. um, it is. If people are going to um, invest emotion, money. Uh, in a candidate, they want that candidate to maximize all their opportunities to uh, to prevail. And um, so if you looked at Allred, he's got a he did his announcement, for instance, uh, on uh, YouTube and uh, halfway through, he's cutting through the mobs on January 6th during the insurrection. Um, and I know that's a loaded word, but I use it without remorse. Um, <laughs> this was not a bunch of tourists walking through uh, <laughs> through the Capitol. Um, but. It was in your face. Ted, uh, he's got, he's juxtaposing Ted Cruz inciting the mob and, and then the visuals. And that's how he's started framing Cruz, um, which says, we'll give confidence to Democratic donors around the country that 
you know, this could be a race. I'm Harvey Kronberg, owner, uh, publisher, and chief bottle washer of The Quorum Report, Texas' oldest political publication for insiders and political professionals. We're celebrating our 40th anniversary this year. We were the first ones online delivering uh, news to political professionals in real time. The Quorum Report includes a news clipping service, which if you're politically engaged, are the 36 stories you need to see every day, plus original content, sometimes posted as frequently as 10 or 12 times a day, and also occasional edit editorial analysis. You can find us at quorumreport.com. For our listeners and viewers so they understand, number one, going negative works. Tragic but true. Tragic but true. And but you got to stay negative and you got to go, you got to stay and you got to spend a lot of money on negative. It almost doesn't matter what the issue is. If you're negative, it's going to it's going to help you. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, that is the way our our system works. Okay, so when you're talking about um, this issue, I guess what I'm wondering, you know, the whole January 6th, uh, issue, I'll call it an issue, mm-hmm. doesn't make a conservative voter not vote necessarily. What you're saying is that it just makes democratic donors want to contribute to a potentially viable candidate. Well, Texas Democratic part Texas Democratic candidates have to re-earn after the uh, O'Rourke failures, uh, two significant failures. Although one was really close, um, which speaks to the possibilities of beating Ted Cruz. Yeah. Um, but the the party is is uh, disorganized, and um, there is a sense out there in donor land that money spent in Texas is money wasted, uh, and very few of them know the argument that I just made about how the race really tightened when surrogate groups were running attack ads on, right. on Abbott. There will be surrogate groups. Um, if All Red doesn't stumble coming out of the gate, et cetera, there will be surrogate groups running attack ads on Cruz as well as, well as his own. And um, uh, they just have to be able to see that there is somebody with a campaign sensibility has not let their campaign be taken over by Washington and East Coast or California consultants because they don't understand Texas. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, Cruz is sufficiently unpopular that, and that popular unpopularity endures <laughs> uh, that um, making the case to fire him um, is going to be uh, – if Beto could get within two points without doing media, um, imagine what somebody could do. With um, fifty, sixty million dollars uh, focused on, on his record, on yeah. his opponent's record. So he's 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 got to raise a lot of money, a lot of money. Well, um, not uh, the, the, one of the factors is the um, there's campaign co- uh, contribution caps in the, both the primary and the general. Uh, so your uh, individual donors uh, are limited to uh, how much they can contribute to a campaign. So you end up with super PACs, which you can somebody could donate a hundred thousand dollars to. The law says you're not supposed to coordinate with the campaign, but if you don't have to coordinate with the campaign, if essentially you're attacking the other opponent's record. So interesting. Well, I, I don't I, I'm going to I'm just going to I'm going to take this wild stab here <laughs> and I'm going to just uh, my sense is um, I think that Ted Cruz is, an, is a is a known quantity and like him or not like him sort of. Trump's a known quantity, like him or not like him, but you know what you're getting. So if you if you can bring out enough Democratic voters to override 
you know, the the very enthusiastic Republican voters in a Ted Cruz campaign, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. But I think that if you use, if the issue you're using is something like January 6th or gun control or, you know, those kind of issues, I don't see how, I, I, I don't see that having the impact unless you can have sort of these third party groups that have so much money that they can overwhelm, you know, Ted Cruz with attack ads. Mm-hmm. I don't see. I don't see that he loses. Oh well, and and to your point, the first and so far only response from uh, Ted Cruz and and his folks uh, to the Alred announcement was they had some video of him saying uh, that he supported gun control. Some, but he was a realist about what could be accomplished, and the reality is the Second Amendment can't be rewritten, and so. Um, so for those for whom guns is their primary issue, yeah. uh, that's consequential and, it, but so far it hadn't really dinged them, but they're not engaged yet. The flip side is, uh, I'm looking forward to finding out if Ted Cruz will, abo- uh, um, uh, sign on to a nationwide abortion ban. Um, because as we saw- Now in, that could hurt him. Yes. <laughs> or even, even his, his voting history and his statements on abortion. We saw what happened in Wisconsin, which is a 50-50- Mm-hmm. state. There was a Supreme, uh, down an obscure Supreme Court race, yeah. um, but it was uh, it was going to be the balance of power on the court. And um, the uh, typically there would be no money on this. They, it was a single issue campaign. If the Republicans took control of the Wisconsin Supreme Court, then abortion was going to be outlawed or severely curtailed. If the Democrats, then their abortion rights and, and, and uh, women's health rights would be um, enshrined. And uh, uh, the I Democrat the won only, overwhelmingly. Yeah, that's right. And I and and I I think that one, that one was very interesting. But I think that one that the, the the trigger there was that it was a Supreme Court justice. Mm-hmm. So versus if it was a, a just another congressional campaign or Senate campaign. Um, so I, what I think is if the abortion was 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 horrible for the last election cycle for Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, everybody has short-term memory. And so that's essentially, I mean, it's there, but it's not hot like it was. So you would have to have a refresher of some kind. Like you said, if he signs some something that, that brings that issue back up again, yeah, I do think it'll matter. Well, don't forget a Texas-appointed federal judge up in Amarillo is now the des- the presumptive venue if you want to have even more stringent abortion laws. He outlawed the day after, or he said that the day, 25 years after FDA approval, he uh, ruled that the FDA hadn't uh, done been procedurally Oh, you're correct. talking about the morning after pill. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it is relatively fresh, and I would argue hmm. that the abortion issue, because of Beto's failure to go on TV, we saw what happened when surrogate groups went on TV on the abortion issue. Yeah, um, the narrow the margins started shrinking. Um, uh, I think that abortion is unlitigated by the voters yet in Texas. Sixty five percent. You 70- think this is the election that it's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well. Again, there's so many externalities. True. As, uh, yeah. but uh, um, I think if if Allred can raise the money, that is, uh, it'll be a referendum on abortion. Seventy percent, sixty-five, seventy percent of Texans support expanded uh, rights to access to abortion and health care. I mean, it's a health denial, health care issue is what it is. Yeah, 
Um, and just a 70% of Texans support uh, raising the uh, age for acquiring a gun from 18 to 21. Uh, and now the Republicans killed that. Um, and I guarantee you between now and Election Day of uh, 2024, sadly, there are going to be more mass shootings in Texas, uh, which will firmly entrench it. And so that's obviously it'll be a referendum on that. Um, so mm. uh, uh, and the, the Texas legislature has essentially uh, the, the Republicans have essentially boiled it down to institutionalizing thoughts and prayers and saying it's a mental health issue at the same time, Texas is the 50th, ranks 50th in the country on mental health spending, and it's by a wide margin, or between number 49 and number 50 is a wide margin. Yeah. So this mental health um, uh, response, uh, again, if you have somebody with enough money to make that argument in electronic media, um, then um, uh, it may have salience. Honest, honestly, if I, if, if, they will not take my advice, but <laughs> if I was advising, um, if I was advising the Republican Party about the things to to to, to counter some of this, uh, some of the issues like gun control, uh, because everything anything you do with gun control, uh, race you can raise the age, you can do the background checks, you could do all that kind of stuff. I'm a big gun owner, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I grew up with guns. My boys grew up with guns. It's all about safety and all things you you know. It's true, right? If you're if you're a gun uh, owner and enthusiast, you you understand and you. You don't understand why someone would say that it's a, the gun and not mm-hmm. the person. However, if you don't ever deal with the thing that you think it is, which the person with a mental health issue, obviously, if you can shoot somebody, a person, you've got a mental health issue, there's something wrong, um, then you need to deal with it. I would have had a huge package on mental health care. I think, I think, we, I think we are lacking in, in the biggest way on our mental health care in the state of Texas. And the last time we did anything with mental health was back in when I was first, when I was first doing this job mm-hmm. and I was actually with the medical association and we had the, the psychiatric hospital issue. That's a, that's a, the eons ago. Well, uh, the, uh, one of the things, Patrick, uh, they, they, uh, made a lot of noise about, uh, supporting rural Texas uh, they did put some additional money into law enforcement in rural Texas. Yeah. Texas Tech is on a just had a windfall in terms of access to funding, uh, and there's one mental hospital that's going to be or psychiatric hospital that's going to be built in Amarillo. But the question is, how do you? They didn't appropriate the money to staff it. So. No, no, and the problem with this whole psychiatric hospital issue, and I know this because I've worked with, uh, I worked with a company that did this. That's their you know, that is their product, which is to treat psychiatric patients that are uh, in the, uh, what they call forensically involved, you know. And so these are people that have gone to jail or so forth, and they, you know, they need to be um, brought back to competency and all those kind of things. So all of the money that's put into these psychiatric facilities, for the most part, is just trying to deal with our county jail problem. You and just nailed it, which is a property tax issue. It's, it's, a, it's not dealing with mental health. No. It's, that's a, those people are stuck in, I get that. And that's, but that's a whole business, right? right. And, you know, there, I know there was a priority, on, I think it was Senate Bill 26. I think it was on psychiatric hospitals. I mean, that uh, if people want to talk about a vendor bill, it's a vendor bill. <laughs> Come on. Um, and, you know. For I those know. who are listeners, the, um, and viewers, the uh, vendor bill essentially prescribes that money is going to be spent 
and it prescribes it in such a way that usually there's one, maybe two vendors that qualify. That actually benefit from it. And right. and, and, and I know I know a lot of it, they've tried to use uh, the university systems and try to get the state to, to take that role, which is, which is great, but it's a big issue. So obviously they're going to have to use an outside vendor and, and, you know, but that's, that is not dealing with our mental health crisis. Right. Right. And it is a crisis. It is a very big crisis. I, I, I have a lot of friends that have uh, young kids, kids in high school, kids that are just starting college. I have one that just started college. And there's that. There's a whole range of problems that are affecting young men and women. And we don't ever deal with it and in any significant way. Why I think not? We're still in, um, we're still in po- uh, PTSD, post-traumatic uh, stress syndrome uh, yeah. uh, from COVID. People being siloed and isolated, living on social media and screen TV, whether it's on the left or the, mostly it's on the right, but uh, there's, there's inflammatory TV. A lot, on, a lot on the of, uh, exactly, a lot of it. And you don't, so you don't get any, you know, outside input from people. And, and you just get angrier and angrier. It's uh, right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Harvey, again, uh, this has been great. We got a lot more to talk about. Maybe the next time we'll be mobile <laughs> and uh, State House Quorum Report on the road. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll uh, see you on the next uh, on the next episode. Thanks again. Uh, always a pleasure. Thank you. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. In addition, consider subscribing on Apple and Spotify, where you can leave us a five star review. If you're not already following us on social media, you can find those links below in the show notes. As always, thank you for your continued support, and we'll see you next time.